Give us one hour and we'll help you change the way you think about happiness. Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness from the inside out. Happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Each week, Lisa shines her light on well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. Lisa Cypress-Kamen is a widely recognized applied positive psychology coach, author, documentary filmmaker, and lecturer specializing in the fields of sustainable happiness, mindfulness, and integrated well-being. Let's get to it. Here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen, host of Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you are listening to this podcast, you know how much I love exploring happiness, well-being, and positive lifestyles, and I love talking with you about it. We always want to deliver great content to our listeners, and the best way to do that is to learn more about you. Please help us help you by filling out a quick and anonymous survey. Please visit mylistenerstudy.com. Once again, that's www.mylistenerstudy.com, and tell us about yourself. We'll learn more about you, and you can have a chance to win a Chromecast. That's what I call a win-win situation. Visit mylistenerstudy.com and enter Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio to share your heart with us. Thanks. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Welcome to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio, broadcasting consciously prepared brain food from the beaches of Malibu, California. Each week we explore the very serious business of happiness, sustainable well-being, and human flourishing. We are not talking about that annoying yellow smiley face. No, no, no. We are talking about something much deeper and critical to the success of humanity. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. In fact, it is essential in order for humankind to thrive. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to collective global flourishing. The achievement of a happy life is not only positively good for us, it is constructively good for those around us. In short, happiness matters. It comes from the heart, and this show is most definitely all about the heart. Today we are talking about what it means to be awake, aware, conscious, and connected. You know, human happiness is so deeply dependent on being connected, connected to ourselves and connected to one another. My first guest today is Sperry Andrews, who loves sharing this universe, both experientially and insightfully. He is the founder and director of the Human Connection Institute, also known as HCI. Sperry has collaborated with eminent scientists and educators conducting both objective and experiential research into the emergence of a commonly sensed consciousness. Sperry was formally educated at Antioch College, Maryland Art Institute, New School for Social Research, State University of New York and City College, San Francisco. Welcome, Sperry. It's a delight to have you on the show. So wonderful to be here, Lisa. Indeed. Let's talk about specifically what the heck we mean by conscious connection, because people will go, yeah, 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 that sounds like a West Coast thing. Mm. But it's a, it's a universal thing. Well, about 2,500 years ago, uh, 
where our written records kind of fade out, <laughs> people have been talking about this sense of everything as a whole, as an undivided whole. And the quality of conscious awareness that is necessary to be aware in that way. Mm. To be aware of being aware. To be aware of the totality, the, the, the unity of all that is, is a sense of belonging, a sense of security, a sense of knowing who and what you really are. Uh, and when that happens in groups, um, which I've been conducting for over 30 years now internationally, essentially we notice what we're noticing and that leads to an experience of our noticing, uh, noticing itself as something that we're all doing and our collective awareness reveals this this wholeness which I can experience individually or you or anyone through meditative, traditional meditative practice or modern meditative practice. So it <clears throat> there is a matter of being aware of awareness when we, as you say, Lisa, uh, Awareness is the one of the only constants in the whole of consciousness. And when we're aware of it consciously, we experience the totality of what we are. Um, and But only if we give ourselves completely and surrender our attention to noticing all that there is to notice. Mm. And very few of us do that. And we certainly don't do that as a species right at the moment. We're all in a very divided uh, state of consciousness where our individual intelligence is, uh, if, if that is what we're each aware of, and by going deeper into this awareness of awareness at a collective level, and we're doing this in a film where the whole audience goes into awareness of awareness, with the people on screen who are aware together. <laughs> and so in 120 minutes, you have two, 300, 400 people all in a state of unity consciousness accessing their combined intelligence. And believe you me, the intelligence of 300 or 1,000 people is quite extraordinary and is very uplifting and informative and makes everybody very happy. <laughs> uh, because the happiness is over, it's just extraordinary. Uh, it's more than more happiness and well-being and sense of security than than most people have ever known. Where they could have felt that with their parents uh, or siblings, or friends or other lovers, most of us have been very confused and divided against. Um, by not being aware of awareness, we've been aware of who we think we are, what we think we're doing, uh, what, and that has objectified our awareness and made it identified or attached, if you will, to a self-concept, which because of our lack of awareness of awareness, we, our self-concepts are extremely limited and so we believe that we're limited and we believe that we're alone and we're isolated from everyone, even though we're all here on the planet together. So to harvest the ultimate happiness, it seems that we really need to be awake as one and many, not just 
as a bunch of individuals that are separate. I agree. And what I hear you saying, that the film that you are working on, and, and the name of the film is The, the Conscious Conversation? Uh, no, it's called Always One with A-L-L-W-A-Y-S-O-N-E. Always One. With the film Always One, that you are taking the viewer on an experiential journey, much like one would do in a group, in a group setting, and you said that you've been facilitating groups for decades, but making that a visual a visual experience and, and one that at, at, uh, um, uh, um, what is the word it's, I'm trying it's to find? Kinesthetic. Kinesthetic, it's, exactly, and, yeah. and, and hits all senses. It's essentially, I mean, our most more ancient brain systems, the sensory motor uh, and the emotional, the limbic system, are, are nonverbal. And they're largely coordinated by our right brain, which is neurologically directly connected to the heart. So our heartfelt intelligence and our embodied intelligence it tends to be eclipsed by this new brain, the neocortex, which is often considered to be the left brain. And it's very involved with who we think we are and what we think we're doing. It's the verbal analytic part of us. And when we have in these groups that I do, it's very simple, and anybody can do this. It's very wonderful. Uh, it's just beyond wonderful. It's like, it's like love itself. It's like becoming love itself with total strangers or your best friends or your family or your coworkers. So what you do is you point with your words, with your verbal analytic mind, to what is non-verbally experienced at a sensory emotional level. And in this way, we come into a place where our experience is as equally noticed in a fully embodied way as our thoughts. So there's, there's a mind-body integration. And when that happens with every individual in a group, there's an experience of being indivisible that uh, Carl Jung said that in the process of maturation, the individual ultimately comes to a place where they realize that they are indivisible from everyone and everything. And when more of us realize this, we have a chance of having a conscious civilization on this planet. I couldn't agree with you more. And it, and it makes me think of a couple of concepts or not they're not just concepts they're actually proven theories of quantum entanglement and mirrored neurons that occur well the, well, the quantum entanglement just is but the mirrored neurons uh, are a result of of a, a state of consciousness absolutely and apparent the best guess is now in science that the mirror neurons have been developing uh, through evolution for about 400,000 years and, uh, of course, this capacity is grown out of a capacity that's already there. Uh, it's just that we could not cognize it or recognize it and make it visible. Mm -hmm. So the mirror neurons have uh, actually developed something that ultimately originates from our indivisibility as a spaceless, timeless void that underwent underwent uh, spatial-temporal collapse and expansion in space over time, creating energy and matter and ultimately mind and body. 
So all of 3D, all of our three-dimensional world, length, width, and depth, all meet. If you look at, at the corner of a cube, length, width, and depth all meet at a point. And that point in geometry, which is how we understand space-time, is uh, that point is connected, uh, is considered dimensionless. I'll put it that way. And that which is dimensionless is a bridge to that which is spaceless and timeless, which can't be created or destroyed. It's, a, it's eternal, an eternal now, which in the physics of our experience as human beings together right this moment with everyone listening and everyone else, all sentient animals and plants on the planet, are united or entangled, if you will. Entangled sounds like you're tangled up in some rope or something, but we're actually literally indivisible at every point. And since space-time is made up of an infinite number of points, every single point in the geometry of space-time is directly a bridge back to our orig original, as, as they say in Zen, our face before we were born. Mm. And so that which is eternal and cannot be created or destroyed is what our true nature is. And we are right now doing the best we can at a neurological, mirror-neuronal, <laughs> you know, emotional and egocentric or self-centric or mutual understood or collective attentive level. We are all actually sharing a commonly sensed reality. If we're open to sensing that together, and that makes us feel included in a sense of, of union and belonging with the love of God and the love of, of you know, cosmic consciousness, and, and it's just absolutely fantastic what's Sperry, accessible to us. Yeah. We are going to have to take a real-world break. We're yes. going to. <laughs> let's do it. We're going to. We're going to dance off for a. Let's a, a, disappear. A, let's disappear for a minute or two to learn more about Sperry Andrews and the film Always One. Please visit www.connectioninstitute.org on Facebook. That page is Human Connection Institute, and on Twitter, it's a bit different. It's N Y S Q U A L L Y. That's at Nisquali. Nisquali. Nisqually is Nisqually. a Northwest Indian name. It's a beautiful name. Well, we'll come back and you'll tell us what that means. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. And that's a promise. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Love to read? Looking to harvest your happiness? Then look no further. Lisa Cypress Kamen is an author of three amazing books that will assist in taking your well-being and self-mastery to the next level. Are we happy yet? Eight Keys to Unlocking a Joyful Life offers breakthrough strategies for creating your own personal happiness revolution. Perspectives on Addiction, an Integrated Journey to Wellness is an overview of the recovery process from a multi-stepped perspective and holistic approach of substance abuse and lifestyle management. Through 
through her third book, Reintegration Strategies for Depression, Anxiety, Anger, Grief, and Post-Traumatic Stress, offers an own nonsense approach to dealing with post-combat civilian life reintegration issues for veterans and their families. You'll find these books online at Amazon.com and HarvestingHappiness.com. Mindful meditative moments are free and relaxing on-the-spot mini staycation journeys designed to calm the mind and soothe the body from the comfort of wherever you are. No reservations or travel required. Check out the playlists on HarvestingHappiness.com and Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio on iTunes and SoundCloud. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, we're talking about conscious connection. We're talking about what it means to be awake, aware, alive, and happily and quantumly entangled with one another, with humanity, with the world. My guest is Sperry Andrews. He is making a documentary film, or experiential film, I should say. called. It's actually a feature dramatic film. Oh, a feature dramatic film, I stand to be corrected, whose title is Always One, and it's A-L-L-W-A-Y-S, and the number one, or spelled out, O-N-E. Sperry, we, prior to the break, we were talking about the quantum entanglement or perhaps a more gentle way is the quantum wovenness of humanity and all life itself in the universe we are all interconnected well we were ta- we were actually saying that we're all indivisible which is even more dramatic in a sense because the intimacy that's implied by that is one that perhaps we're afraid of. We've been eating and being eaten by each other as plants and animals for hundreds of millions of years. And, uh, you know, when we really share unbroken eye contact, there can be a feeling of, you know, is somebody going to eat somebody here? (laughs) You know, and you see it in the wild among animals. Uh, Let's say between a bird and a cat, everybody's watched how how they might uh, stare each other off and, and play with each other and tease each other. Um, and there's a lot being communicated in the gaze, in this mutual gaze, where there's awareness of awareness between creatures. And so the cat and the bird can learn almost for their advantage to be telepathic, of course, if the cat becomes more telepathic than the bird, then the bird is at a disadvantage and vice versa. So this goes on between human beings. We, we are developing these mirror neurons that you brought forward, Lisa, and to be able to, like if we were standing in front of our bathroom mirror, we could see in our reflection whether we had egg on our face, whether we, you know, our hair was combed or whatever, whether we were looking all right or crazy or depressed or something. And so our ability to mirror reflect on how we are individually and to be able to mirror reflect on how we are indivisibly as a species uh, 
promises to actually save us from taking a nosedive into the sixth mass extinction that we're in the midst of right now uh, because of our inability to take responsibility for the impact that we're having on our environment and on each other. Mm. Now, that's an unhappy thing that could be turned into a very happy result. Uh, just like when we're challenged with anything that seems impossible to, to manage, we can feel overwhelmed and we collapse in helplessness and hopelessness. And we pray and we, we, we surrender ourselves and we feel completely vulnerable. And in allowing those feelings fully and completely, we arrive at a, a more heightened level of self-awareness of what we're really confronted with. And as a result, we evolve and we awaken and are able to then be able to receive how we have become through evolution, how we become more complicated. And by returning to our simplicity, our surrender to being unknowing and, and, and innocent, we are able to unite and integrate our growth and understand ourselves. And when groups of people do that, they, we can understand who and what we are as a species, ultimately, as a, as a humanity, all 7 billion people can share a commonly sensed intelligence. And my work throughout uh, decades has really been about how to popularize the fact that humanity can share a, a, a consciousness consciously instead of so unconsciously. Oh, and that is that indeed is the awakening. But I, I want to touch upon a couple of, of key points that you mentioned. One is about intimacy and what happens to us in our lives as part of our journeys that makes us fearful of that unbroken eye contact that you mentioned, that we retreat in fear, we're uncomfortable being vulnerable, and yet all we desire is to be to have or experience a return to innocence to our prior, prior wounded state, unwounded state, I should say, correction, unwounded state, the return to innocence. Well, I know from my own children uh, that, and from noticing other children, and I would imagine they're the ones that offer an open gaze, how curious children are when they're little and they, their eyes are so wide and they just, if you're willing to look at them, they will continue looking at you and they absolutely love that. It's the looking, St. Francis of Assisi said, we're looking for who's looking. Mm. And, and nature bring, you know, creates us um, and we come into the world with this open, wide-eyed innocence, which is, our hearts are open, our minds are open, we're just drinking in and learning they say we learn 90% of what we learn in our entire lives by our fourth birthday. Yeah. So most of that is nonverbal, uh, a, which uh, largely we don't really appreciate and we take it for granted. But if we haven't been traumatized or um, – and it's very easy to get traumatized. Maybe we could get into that later if we wanted to. Because that's a very important issue, how to de-traumatize ourselves uh, individually and because we've been traumatized as a collective. By being so unconscious collectively, 
we're terrified of ourselves. We're terrified of our ability to function in a functional way as a species. The younger generations coming in are feeling, what are we inheriting here? I mean, and yet they are coming in more awake and aware than we ever were when we were their age. And so there's an, nature is actually uh, educating everything that manifests and bringing it through that dimensionless portal that renews us. Every moment we are fresh and new. We're never the same way twice. We're, we're always discovering who and what we are. We're essentially strangers to ourselves and each other every moment. And if we can bear to be unknowable and unknowing, like an innocent child, which we came in as, which, where we're, we're happy and we're, we're laughing and we're, we're radiantly peaceful and joyful and up for anything. Everything is fun and fascinating. And we can be that way again. And that's what I think the golden age is, this awakening that we're merging, in, merging into together uh, right now as we all begin to notice the quality and presence of our noticing. And in fact, the actual expansion of the universe, which has become very popularly known now, is actually the expansion of consciousness. Uh, we individually and together are noticing, and every plant even right now, are noticing more every moment as the universe expands. And so when we become unafraid of, of noticing with being aware of awareness individually and together, we have really secured the secret to, to our happiness because now we can trust not only ourselves but each other because we have access to our own intelligence and our, our universal consciousness, a cosmic intelligence. And Spirit. that is what our birthright is, our innate ability to do that. Spirit, you mentioned something that is ex- extremely important, and this is the, the, the notion and the very real experience of trauma that being alive makes us susceptible to, to have. I mean, the, it, we're born, we will have trauma. Bad things will happen. And, and you say you have a perception or a perspective on ways to better manage trauma or the relationship to it which is in fact what causes that separation from self, separation from the, the quantum whole. So talk a little bit about that. We don't have much time left, but this is very important. Yes, thank you, Lisa. That's a, such an essential question, is that uh, when we come to this awareness of awareness, we find something that is not reactive, it's not afraid. When we stand in front, uh, as a metaphor, in front of the our bathroom mirror, that mirror is not, is receiving us and reflecting us without any image of its own. It doesn't have to possess what it's receiving and reflecting. It's perfectly uniting all the complexity of our presence, of our appearance, whether we're making sounds or grimacing or making faces or whatever we're doing, straightening our tie uh, combing our hair, we are, we're being human and the mirror is 
essentially a non-manifest form of consciousness. It's formless. And as the Zen people say, formlessness is form and form is formlessness. That's really one of the keys is that all of form, all of space-time, energy, and matter, mind and body is made out of that which is formless. And what is formless is still here intimately at every point in space and time, energy and matter, mind and body. And so when we tune into this mirror-like quality, like the mirror neurons, only we're going to go to the mirror itself. When you look into your bathroom mirror and you try to find out where the receptive reflection is happening, you can't really find it. It's a very elusive place in the mirror, in the bathroom mirror I'm talking about. (laughs) So when we look for awareness of awareness in ourselves, our own consciousness the, the very key to conscious awareness that is in every cell and every atom and molecule in our bodies. And if we're in a group and doing that as a group and get to that place, which we can absolutely reliably get to every single time, I can guarantee it. That's so Speaking that's of so time, cool. yeah. Sperry, speaking of time, are we, we, are, we are out for today. <laughs> but that, the good news is that you can come back again and share more as you progress in the production of the film, Always One. To learn more about Sperry Andrews and his magnificent work, please visit www.connectioninstitute.org and on Facebook, Human Connection Institute. And on Twitter, that's Nisqually, N-Y-S-Q-U-A-L-L-Y. You'll have to look it up. Until next time, thank you, Sperry. Here we go. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Remember what it feels like to receive a gift? We all know nothing gives happiness like a present, so you should unwrap yours at harvestinghappiness.com and sign up to receive your free ebook, Got Happiness Now, that offers simple, user friendly ways to get greater happiness in your world each and every day. That's harvestinghappiness.com. Lisa Cypress Kamen has built an impressive global lifestyle management consulting company offering applied positive psychology, mindfulness, and integrated well-being coaching. Her services, including addiction and trauma recovery support, as well as life crisis triage, are available worldwide through phone, video, and on-site. In addition, Lisa delivers workshops, lectures, and trainings to corporations and institutions and is a frequent guest expert on many prominent radio and TV shows. Connect with us at Harvesting Happiness for more information. Harvesting Happiness for Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation offering innovative and integrated stigma-free combat recovery services to veterans and their loved ones with programming that focuses on the transformation of post-traumatic stress into post-traumatic growth using scientifically proven positive psychology coaching tools and strategies that increase self-mastery, self-awareness, and self-esteem to help heal the invisible wounds of war. To make a tax-free charitable contribution or to learn more, please visit hh4heroes.org.
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, I urge you to download and share this podcast. Why? Because sharing is caring. It's kind, it's free, it's legal, it's available 24-7. And we're talking about the age of conscious transformation and personal transcendence. Carrying on with the theme, I have a great guest lined up to share with you right now. This is a friend of mine and a colleague, Jared Rosen. He was born in Brooklyn in the 1950s, destined to live the life of the artist. He moved to Lower Manhattan in the late 70s and began showing in galleries and performing in underground clubs in Soho and Tribeca. After leaving the art world, Jared pursued the quest for spiritual knowledge and earned a master's degree in music therapy. Pushing the envelope, he introduced his own form of guided imagery and self-expression into psychiatric hospitals with populations ranging from children to criminally insane, as well as developing and teaching whole self-management to executives in the United States, as well as Australia. He is also uh, the founder and publisher of Dream Sculpt Media. Jared has produced dozens of digital eBooks for best-selling authors film producers and media channels including myself by the way his latest book is entitled drowning in the light memoirs of the new age welcome jared i am delighted to have you with us this is a great opportunity to Can't chat a better place to be right now yeah about the <laughs> the the new Good age morning. or the new age of the new age maybe that's the better way to look at it well it's a new morning and uh it's a good one it is a good one. And, you know, I think we should probably dump, jump right into your gratitude and appreciation for this day, because you come to the book through quite a story, a personal hero's journey and a, and a triumph over some significant medical adversity. Uh, that's, that's one way of looking at it. No, I actually uh, came close to death last, last um, year, around June, around the same time. Uh, and um, it and I've been work. I was writing a book. You know, everyone writes a book about their spiritual journey and their memoir. And yeah, I've been doing this for years because that's what we do. We record the most extraordinary experiences. But after coming out of the hospital in June, I just said, I'm going to finish this book. I'm going to write it because I had an ending to it. So um, yeah, and I had written books in the past and published, and they were all nonfiction and about subjects other than myself. <laughs> but it's more <laughs> of a journey. It's more of an adventure than actually about myself. And I think most people kind of relate with that adventure, I'm sure, in some way. The well, you know, I, spiritual I, I, discovery. I, I, I started, you know, um, the segment about sort of the new age of new age because this had been so much a part of your path and you had been diagnosed and, and working with the management of a rare blood condition for many years. And in its initial phases, you were only using natural medicine and healing to care for yourself, to treat yourself. But you have something to share about the journey and those who may be listening that are threatened by an illness. Well, I would say that, you know, to kind of, to kind of put it in a framework, I mean, uh, I, since 1980, I've been on a spiritual path and uh, natural living and green living and, um, and all of that. And, and, 
and I still believe that that's that you know the condition that I discovered or, or basically was diagnosed with um, in 2008. It's an autoimmune condition, and you know immediately I just figured it had to do with you know the toxicity of living you know in this world and all that, and that something had happened because it's a disruption when you have an autoimmune situation. And so yeah, I know I, I absolutely went you know head first into healing it. And and first I started out because. You know, being on the quote-unquote path and being around people um, with sharing, uh, you know, a mind frame that, you know, we create our realities and such, uh, the first thing that hit me was, uh, and I just came out of a pretty hard divorce, it was in 2008, and just want to say prior to that, I had never had a health problem, really, and even went many years when I was on my search without any insurance at all, because I believed if I had health insurance, then I would be buying into the consciousness of disease. So, I mean, I programmed myself in a pretty good way. Um, but yeah, I went through several years um, doing quite well, and with basically 10% of the platelets that a human being needs um, before they turn into a puddle of blood. And I, you know, I was doing activities. I mean, I found myself, you know, riding on a horse in Mexico. At any point, even if I, you know, had a um, airbag go off accidentally in a car, I would have just been dead. But um, you know, and you know, my story is not about that. It's kind of it, it ends in that place because. The deep search and and everything that um, that I devoted my life to it's still the most amazing um, opportunity for freedom and I think everyone that's on their own path of self discovery but I think sometimes our belief systems can keep us pretty imprisoned and I think in this case what happened was I was just clear that I could heal it naturally and you know with plants and all these kinds of natural medicine. And the discovery I had when I was rushed to the hospital with my wife after, you know, telling her I was going to get a kombucha because my stomach was hurting, but basically I was bleeding internally. And she was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this guy? Well, she took me to the <laughs> hospital, and I was practically dead. And zero, um, <laughs> my platelet count was absolutely zero. There was no, no platelets in my, in my body. And, um, and, you know, and I think what happened was, I had a lot of resistance and surgery, and then I had to. I was on, I've been on medication for a year, but the medication is like a miracle, and the miracle is the fact that it's biological and that it's stimulating my platelets, and I actually have an absolutely normal life. I mean, I take a pill before I go to bed, and it could have been that easy years ago, but I mean, the deep work first going in emotionally, you know, and and you know, I had everyone wants to heal you, you know, everyone has oh you this person they got, they're the real deal. <laughs> You know, there's always the real deal, right? And the real deal, I think, is just being open to everything and um, and really being humble and knowing that our mind can really, you know, get us caught in some pretty, you know, pretty dangerous situations. Yeah, that's what I gleaned from the book, you know, that you had been on this journey and your journey takes you on some pretty far out adventures, you know, such as a shamanic initiation in Peru, working on a ranch in New Mexico. And, and I want to get into that in a minute. But the idea that you could, you know, go around the globe searching for yourself, searching for answers and healing, and then being resistant to you know, modern technology, and then finally realizing, well, if I take this pill, I actually could have the healing I was looking for. Yes, absolutely. Well, well, the, he the healing is not in the pill. And I think the healing... No, is no, no, it's and, not in the pill. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's in the consciousness for me. And I'll tell you why. 
because I, I actually, it's really interesting. There's a parallel. And so when I left New York and the art world and all that and went off for my search and went off to Peru to go through the shamanic initiation and whatever that was, it's kind of, you know, I'm comical when you read about it because I was in, imbibing, you know, like um, bizarre stuff through my nostrils while I was marching in a fire. I mean, the things that we do. And, and, and so I find that, you know, this is a real thing. That, you know, and, and, and yet the particular shaman was one of the most powerful people in my life and, and went through a lot of changes in that that experience. Um, but, but I, you know, getting back to the question of, of how we get ourselves caught in our beliefs and, um, and the experience. So my experience in Peru, t- ingesting these things and throwing up my guts on the desert floor in Nazca, you know, these memories of, and, you know, opening up portals into other dimensions and all this kind of stuff. Um, it, it kind of came around last year when I was in the hospital and all this stuff I was going through, it was like, this is like the same experience. And I think it's a vantage point. It's like, okay, I'm going through all this <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to end up. And, um, and, and here I am, you know, a year later and there's a book out there and I'm talking to you about this and my life is, is pretty, is, is pretty normal and, and it feels good. <laughs> Whatever normal is, you know, it sounded scary for most of my life, but, you know, normal is just peaceful for me. Yeah. And your health is stable. My health is fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I feel great in, in all ways. And, um, you know, it's a blessing. And I, I think, you know, the lesson, I, there is a lesson there. I, I don't want to kind of go on a soapbox and go out and, you know, talk on the radio about, you know, you should really think about pharmaceuticals. I mean, I come from that place of, <laughs> Literally, I mean, having no trust because, you know, we can look at industries and we can see what's happened through greed and the subtext in one's head is don't trust, you know, and and yet the billions of dollars, you know, that these companies are putting into it, there's brilliance. And and, and that's what I understood of how this drug works. And I even know people now that that are being treated for cancer with you know, we really are going deeper. And, you know, the question is, why do we get cancer? And, you know, you know, why don't we even, you know, protect our air and our water and make it sacred? But really what it comes down to is, I think we're, I think the beauty is we're a work in progress. A human species, we really are, you know. Yeah. And I think your show is so important in the work that you do, Lisa, because, you know, it's, it's actualizing this whole concept of, of, of happiness as a state, but actualizing it and and i think it really is about sharing stories with others and those who are going through hard times um or have yeah i agree it's it's completely about sharing the story and what i love is you know you and i became friends through you know through dream sculpt and we're going to talk about that and then in the next half of the show but what i love to be able to do in this instance is you know take you from behind the scenes and show your story and allow others to see that, look, we are all just like trying to walk our talks here. It's all a journey. It's all a a discovery process and unfolding and uncovering. And that's why I'm so enchanted by Drowning in the Light, your book. Thank you. Yes. Well, you know, I, I, the, this is, I think, a really interesting thing just to share in this moment about writing the book and, and, and a book in general. I think everyone has their story 
everyone's got their dark night of the souls or, you know, their epiphanies. And um, some people go and publish it and some people, you know, it's inside of them and it's, they're living it and they don't need to share it with others in a book. But when yeah. we share with each other, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. You know, people going through trauma, people going through hard times, they find groups so they can talk and they can share. And something happens. And I think what the magic is, is that sometimes we don't have to go through the same experiences uh, that others have. Um, if we open up to, you know, the, the compassion and the empathy and we grow through their journey. I mean, I could just yeah. say I have a really dear friend that's just going through cancer treatment, and through his journey, I grow. Yeah, we're going to need to take a break. I, I need to jump in here because the, the the clock is ticking, and I'm going to get the red flags from our producer. Um, to learn more about Jared Rosen's work, please visit DreamSculpt.com. On Facebook, the page is Jared Rosen and the number one, and on Twitter. There are two handles. I'll give you both. It's at Jared Rosen and at Dream Sculpt. And when we come back, we'll continue on the story of Jared's new book, Drowning in the Light. And I want to also get into End Hunger Records because you've got a new initiative that is very shareworthy. But before we do that, here come the tunes and we will be right back. We know that life can be tough and that happiness can and does live alongside adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Harvest more happiness by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness. Lisa Cypress-Kamen author of Got Happiness Now, is also a prestigious TEDx presenter. Her talks, The Mysteries of Fear and the Inversion Theory of Joy, can be found online at TED.com and on the Harvesting Happiness YouTube channel. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the Medical Center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Check out the critically acclaimed documentary film, H Factor, Where is Your Heart? An insightful visual journey from Lisa Cypress-Kamen, showing that every person possesses the means to be happy. Follow Lisa and her nine-year-old daughter, Kayla, as they travel the world on the hunt for the universal keys to human happiness. Their question? What makes you happy? Discover the origins of human happiness, where to find it, create it, and keep it. Find it in our shop at HarvestingHappiness.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen, the show dedicated to promoting happiness from the inside out by thriving with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. So let's get back to the show and your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. 
Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. If you're just joining us now, please download and share this podcast. Get the word out. We are profiling Jared Rosen's new book, Drowning in the Light. We're talking about his journey, his amazing journey of self-discovery and healing. Jared, um, so now you're living this normal life, whatever normal looks like, and I hope it's not too boringly normal. I have a feeling it's not. I know it's pretty exciting over in your neck of the woods. You have got um, a new initiative. The first, your your recent audiobook version of the book is the first release on End Hunger Records. Talk to us about End Hunger Records and what's going on over there, how powerful this modality is. Well, I, I just want to frame it that um and Hunger Records is the creation of Richard Del Maestro, and I will I'll share with you just a little story of how this all sort of unfolded. Um, so very briefly, I didn't know I would even publish this book. Um, I work with Bill Gladstone, who is you know a premier literary agent and um, my literary agent and also a friend and a business partner. And um, I had given a copy of it when I finished this book last year, you know, because I just was driven to do it, you know, after coming out of the hospital and everything. Um, he just said, oh, my God, we have to have this published, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow, this is great. You know, let's, let's, let's just do it, you know. And he introduced me. He said, we want to do an audio book. So he introduced me to a fellow named Richard Del Maestro. And his resume is, I mean, he did audio books for Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra, all the Success Magazine um, audio interviews. I mean, he's got a huge list of what he's done, accomplishment. But the greatest accomplishment is he came up with this idea. You know, instead of just selling a CD, or, I'm sorry, CD, a download, a digital download of an audio book or, or a music album, and um, you know, basically making money and making money for the the artist, which is great. Wouldn't it be po- possible for the artist to make the same margin and to be able to take enough money out of it to give it back? So he came up with the discovery of how to do this um, technologically and with the right um, nonprofit uh, to work with. Uh, in which every digital download of Drowning in the Light um, will will um, feed 37 people, and and then what happens is so that the the um, the download then is download and then share because when you go on social media and you share, I just downloaded Drowning in the Light by J. I. J. Rosen uh, and fed 37 people. Now, the other person goes, and they do it, and the other person, and you actually see through this millimeter how many people you fed just from making one download, and we could potentially get thousands of people. And so I just think it's really brilliant, really amazing. We have not launched yet, but if you go to End Hunger Records, it's one word, endhungerrecords.com, just put your name in there, um, get on the mailing list, and uh, we'll be... Launching soon in the next uh, within the next month, uh, and the audiobook is will be coming out. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, Lisa, what I really love about this is I'm so out of myself. I mean, what I basically do is I help people, whether authors, filmmakers, really find the, you know the soul of their brand, their story, and, and work with them and develop it and publish it. And you know, I've written books in the past, but. I was like, who really wants to know my story, you know, kind of thing? I'm like, all right. Okay, so it's published now. All right. So, yeah, you can read my story. Maybe it'll give you some inspiration. But now I really, really love is like, maybe you'll get some inspiration, and, and actually you'll be serving meals to people. People will actually be eating food. So it's like, this is really cool. And um, I'm really happy that, you know, part of it. And, uh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's a great, great, great way in which artists, you know, the thing, 
at least that I really believe, is that artists are the ones that really want to do this. I mean, you know, concert for Bangladesh, you know, Farm Aid. It's the artists that, that really, you know, want to get out. But this way, just by downloading the artist's works, you're doing the same as Farm Aid or, or the concert for Bangladesh. And it's built into the business model as opposed to just an event. And yeah. uh, so I'm really excited about that. Oh, I'm excited for you. I mean, I, I, I get the importance of End Hunger Records and what um, is trying to be done or what will be done, not trying, will be done, that, that oh, we consume yeah. and that we're providing the ability for others to be nourished. I think that's pretty darn cool. Nourish the soul, nourish the mind, nourish the body, because without the body, hey, <laughs> you only got the soul. And maybe the mind, I don't know about that one, but uh, <laughs> I can't tell you about the soul. But if you read Drowning in the Law, I mean, the thing is, people that are reading it, they're like, wow, this is really, I, you know, besides the Peru story, or like, you know, working with the kids on the ranch in New Mexico and these kinds of things. I mean, we all have stories like this. And, um, and I, you know, I really love that when I share something with someone, it touches a place, and then I hear their stories, and it's starting to happen. People say, oh, my God, I did I, you know. And, and that's the fun part is um, because we're all growing, and, and I think that's the most beautiful aspect of um, what I'm doing right now is I'm not here to – I really am not, like, here with a message. I'm not, I don't have, like, the five points, the talking points. Um, I'm here <laughs> because I just love – sharing uh, the journey and, and uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about Dream Sculpt and as well as being a publisher, you're an author, you're a publisher, but you're also sure. an author incubator. What does it mean to be an author incubator? Well, um, I, will, I will take you the, very briefly to the journey of what author incubation and why this is why we're doing now uh, what we're doing is so the digital disruption has affected all the arts. The beauty is, anyone, everyone, and when I did the TED Talk at your wonderful Malibu TEDx several years ago, you know, I, was, I said we're all not only consumers, but we're producers of media. We're, we're, everyone can publish a book. Um, everyone can make a movie, like your wonderful film. And we can get it distributed globally, which is amazing, you know, at the push of a button. But what's happening in publishing is there's just too much chaos out there and people don't really know where where things are at but my personal journey was i actually was a published author and then i began publishing books at least a half a dozen kind of traditional you know we had you know the traditional kind of launch and then um dreamscope they moved in a different direction with my company uh dreamscope media was producing what which one of the first was with yours um producing media ebooks where we were able to like in yours put in you know these amazing um minds and even 30 seconds of a clip of it and and your beautiful storytelling and the audio into the ebook experience so we began doing this and we worked with lots of the best-selling authors and 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 it, we did it mostly promotionally but even if it's 10 or 20 pages it's we're able to deliver knowledge and wisdom and those 30 second sound bites really can actually bring a lot of inspiration to people and, and knowledge. So we've been doing that, and then all of a sudden, you know, it came to me that um, that, there, that the authors that were coming through, that they, they needed an audience, and that was the biggest, I think that's the biggest issue for people that, that are coming out with books, um, because like yourself, you've built what's called a platform and an audience. 
Um, for many, many people don't have that. So what the incubator is, is myself, Bill Gladstone's company, Waterside, which is a literary agency behind a lot of the great books that we've read, you know, Eckhart Tolle and Neil Donald Walsh and all the way back to MS Toss for Dummies. And, um, and, and they're with us, and actually the publishing end of it will, that's where an imprint of, of, of Waterside, uh, but also Launch Moxie, which is a, a joint venture marketing company. And so all of us together using these incredible media ebooks to build the audience for the author. And uh, when their book comes out, you know, there, there's, there are people that are really excited about it. Uh, so that's what we're doing. And anyone that's an author, if they go to Dream Sculpt, it's actually one word Dream, D R E A M S C U L P T. You know, like you dream and you sculpt. DreamSculpt.com, when you scroll down in the bottom, you can share what you're up to, what your books are, you know, what book you may be working on if you're an author or your dreams of being an author. And, um, you know, the incubation part, we, we go through the publishing, but it's not like a one size fits all. It's very much, you know, who the author is and, and helping them from even helping them come up with the ideas. Yeah. Dreaming. Dreaming. That's what it's all Dreaming. About, right? to- yeah, to you know, to let to let that you know inner desire to let one's passions um, be ignited, and I think that is the beauty of what you certainly have done in the life that you are leading, and in 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 your work and how you're serving others through your company, through your initiatives, and where the journey is taking you next. Um, and I want to go back to something that you said about when you were you, you were being rushed to the hospital and your wife was like looking at you like, what are you going to do next? I want to just give a shout out to your wife, who is probably one of the saints, the living saints, right? And how she, she has impacted your life. Oh, she's an amazing woman. And thank you for even invoking her. Um, she is a person that we met um you know, after I, after a, what I would consider a brutal divorce, divorce because they all are, and especially when you have a child, and um, and then being diagnosed. I mean, I woke up with bruises the day I moved out of the house. It's you know, it's kind of a bizarre story, but after all of this and all the heaviness and all that, you know, I just we met and um, and I just felt I felt the unconditional love that. Um, it's just it's so important i think that that we take care of each other deeply and getting out of ourselves and um but she, so she kind of like allowed and watched me she goes well, it's your journey you know but i think the most comical part you know in the book is really is that the the kind of climax of this whole thing where i'm literally you know i'm bleeding from the inside and i'm going i'm telling her i'm going over to whole foods to get a kombucha I'm like yeah. okay and she told me she goes I, I, at that point, it was like, okay, well, you know, she'll be getting the phone call. Yeah, your husband's in your parking lot uh, of of Whole Foods with this bottle of bubbly stuff, <laughs> dead, <laughs> in a puddle of blood. <laughs> oh, but, dear. You know, and so, and, but that's, I think, you know, that's sometimes we, we allow those who we love, I mean, especially, you know, knowing, you know, you have children, I do as well. To go to do their journey, so they can write their book, and we can't just you know say, hey, don't go there, don't go to Peru, you know, <laughs> you're going to be staying in a hotel, <laughs> yeah. 
That well, was my mother Jared, told me when, are, when night we are out of time. I just, I just wanted to give acknowledge her because I know that she is a force of, of love and stability and grace in your life. But we need Thank to dash you. off. I want to give the contact information one more time. The book is Drowning in the Light. The website is dreamsculpt.com. And the Facebook page is jared.rosen with the number one. And on Twitter, the handle is R at Jared Rosen and at DreamSculpt. And here are a few thoughts before we part. Happiness is not a destination. It cannot be bought, sold, or traded. Happiness will never invite you to the party. It simply comes down to a choice to show up each and every day in the world with passion, purpose, place, and meaning. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen and my amazing guests today, Sperry Andrews and Jared Rosen, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio is produced in collaboration with TogiNet and KBUU and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange. Go out and make it a great one. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Join us each and every Wednesday for a brand new broadcast and continue to harvest your own happiness anytime from the comfort of wherever you are with hundreds of free downloadable podcasts from our libraries on iTunes and SoundCloud. To learn more about Lisa's global practice as an applied positive psychology coach specializing in lifestyle management as well as addiction and trauma recovery services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook Facebook at Harvesting Happiness, following Lisa on Twitter at Lisa Kamen, and tweeting us with the hashtag Harvesting Happiness.